0: This is Adventure Shorts with Aidan Williams and Jonathan robinson Lees.
1: Welcome to Adventure Shorts, and thanks for joining us. In this series, we are chatting with world-renowned adventure photographer and Blue Mountains local, Aidan Williams, as he takes us through some of his most iconic adventures from behind the lens. In today's episode, Aiden takes us back to a quirky yet memorable highlining adventure, where the team was tasked with capturing shots from the town of Asbestos, Canada, of the two-kilometre world record, all with the aim of rejuvenating tourism in the local area. Aiden, in 2019, you headed to Canada, and the town of Asbestos, who understandably had had a, a pretty rough track record, and they were looking in, to find a way to kind of reinvigorate and stimulate the city, tell us a little bit about how you were brought into this discussion and the role that highlining played in, in stimulating that area.
0: Yeah, so this is a bit of a, a funny and different uh, approach to a highline project, but it's also, I think it feels more sentimental that it's for the city and and less so the highline. But yeah, we were brought in by the City of Asbestos who... Um, who had had a bad rap, obviously producing asbestos, and the city had been built around the mining of asbestos, so it had a long history of doing that. And once once found out about the repercussions of of asbestos, it slowly had to go into rebranding and trying to keep people living there and, and also bring in new people, because with the rap that it had gotten... More and more younger people wanted to leave the city, so they were strategizing um, alternatives to to bringing people in, and, and highlining came up through through a friend um, of the city.
1: And Aidan, tell us a little bit about where the highline was set up in the town.
0: Yeah, so the the towns well, or town or cities built around a mine, they wanted us to do it over the mine, so that's about one hundred and fifty meters high. Like, it's got a lake in the middle because um, of the natural spring down in the bottom of the mine, feeding back in now. And it's about two kilometres long. It was a perfect opportunity to to bring younger people back into the, into the town, but also to get a world record and and get more of a positive light about the city happening. So. And the
1: world record was for, for distance for the two-kilometre stretch?
0: Of yeah, the so it was a two-kilometre line but it's, it's walking that without falling. So it adds a lot more pressure because that's a long way and you, do, you just don't want to fall. So you need to be doing it without without falling to get that world record.
1: And logistically, two kilometres, a long way. How does that even get rigged up? What kind of equipment's being used by the highliners to even to stretch that distance? It was probably the
0: longest rigging process I've ever been part of and it was probably about two, to three days worth of rigging. So that was carefully uh, flaking out webbing so that it could be brought out um, with backpacks. It's hiking into the mine, laying it out, having people holding the line so that it wouldn't cut against the, like the sheath of the rock because that's thousands of dollars worth of webbing. And that's just, you know, you can't, you can't have that because the project's over. So it's hiking down into the mine, laying up the webbing. It's then getting a boat down into, into the lake and, Having having bottles being put on the line so it floats across across the lake and then you're bringing it up the other side as well. And it's just you've got uh, a safety team involved as well, so that nothing can go wrong. And it's just that that process of slowly raising the line until eventually it's off the water. You can unclip all the bottles that you've got, and anyone who's um, holding it above like the rock so it doesn't get cut can finally let go. And yeah. And the, the project itself, you know, it was, it was a bit of a PR stunt. It was
1: about awareness. Did you have the freedom as a photographer to, to, to make the calls on the shots or were you being kind of dictated by the city or by the athletes about where you want to be shooting?
0: I was and wasn't. Like, when, when I went into the project, I openly said to my boss, like Danny Bouchard, who was um, organising this project, what do you want from this? Like, what do you want me to capture? Um, how does it want to be, like, framed? Like, that's... Because that's an important part. Like you, If they're advertising the project, they want to see it in a certain light. So I wanted to do my job because that's why I was being brought in. I was saying this to him and he was giving me the freedom, but obviously saying, can you do it in a positive way? Can you showcase what it looks like? How the mind is looking now? But also the crowds, the people that are turning up, like this is what it's all about, seeing those, those people there as well.
1: So it was quite a specific story, I guess, that wanted to be built from the
0: photos. Yeah, so the story um, just carried on from what the, what the town or city was wanting. So I was doing that, but I still had a freedom to go out and just shoot beautiful pictures, as I saw, because he trusted me to do my job, and I was in a bit of a media team, I was managing like another, another photographer who was an event photographer, um, and also like another videographer as well. So I was given quite a bit of freedom, but also in, in my mind I was thinking, well, I need to get these, these few shots because that's what they want still.
1: And given the unique layout of the Highline, did you have to alter the equipment, you know, the lenses you were using, or, or was it your usual, your usual kit?
0: Yeah, so I uh, I teamed up with Canon for this. Um, Canon Canada and Canada Australia kind of um, were helping me out and supporting me. They released a new camera and they said, wow, like no one's, no one's doing this. Do you want to take it? So I was having to take longer lenses, like telephoto lenses, so up to about 1,200 millimeters, which is huge. Like you can see well over a kilometer with that. You can almost see the other anchor. And... I, was, I, was, I probably took about three or four extra lenses just to prepare for this project because I knew that you're not just shooting anchor to anchor, that's not how a project looks looks good. I was having to get around the mine and be taking it from different vantage points and thinking, well, I'm shooting a wide, vast mine, how can I do this justice? So.
1: And were there any stages where you went down towards the lake and were getting shots underneath or was it all pretty much on the horizontal?
0: So I was, I was going around the mine and down as far as I could, down to, the, down to the lake and wherever I could pretty much. like I think by the end of that project, I knew the mine better than anyone. It was, it was crazy. I was just like, oh, actually, that's the shortcut down here. Oh, that's the road that leads there. So yeah, I, I knew my way around the mine and how to get particular shots, which when you're covering huge distances you know, is critical.
1: Did you have doubts... A, that they would get the world record and B, that you would get the shots that would make an impact?
0: I had no doubt that they would get the world record. You had some amazing athletes on this project who in the past have walked long, long lengths of line. In terms of shots and doubts, I thought I really just wanted to better what I've done like in the past. I wanted to really push myself to get a shot that no one had ever seen because with a line that length, never looks it never looks two kilometers long so you want to go how can i do this justice and how can i think of a new way of making people go wow that that's that's a long long way and in the lead
1: up to the project had you been able to source previous works that kind of other photographers that framed that kind of distance really well or were you kind of shooting from the hip literally and metaphorically
0: (laughs) i i was able to source i had uh quite a good reference of the mine because there'd been quite a few, um, quite a few articles and images being taken. Um, And also there's, there's good resources around uh, the town of what it, what it looks like from different vantage points. So I could, I could reference them, but also I, I thought to myself, I can, I have plenty of time to get around the mine. I have plenty of time to, to source what I think would look good. I think I was pretty confident with it. It was just more about my expectations and, whether I met those met those uh, shots,
1: and for the two-kilometer world record, how long did that take?
0: <sighs> it should take a lot longer, but we had Lucas Ermler from Germany who walked it in, I think it was like fifty-six minutes. So he was he was literally running, and like I I was underneath him, going oh like I've got time, no worries. And he was just straight past me. He was just so easy, so so easily done by him as crazy but um the only other person who walked the line successfully without falling was actually a female which is amazing because for the first time in the sports history both a male and female hold the world record and um Mia walks it in it was about an hour and a half so even that was quick yeah it's it's mind-blowing to think that someone can do it in even even an hour and a half but like <laughs> and did you get a sense after the project
1: after that day what it meant for the city of asbestos you know did you feel a sense
0: of yes stimulation or rejuvenation i think so and it wasn't it wasn't just after the project i think it was right the way through because because this project was with like in a partnership with the city We were Always going over um, to eat in local restaurants. We were wanting to support like the local economy. They were always inviting us, so we were regularly engaging with the community. And they were like, "Oh, you're the, the highlighter guys, you know, you're you're the ones. Oh, you're so cool, you know, all these things." So you're getting a grasp of what the local community was thinking, and then you'd have events where you get like a couple of thousand people, like on a big day, watching, and you're going, "Wow, this is what it really means." Like. This is, it's, it's bigger than highlining, so.
1: And what is the biggest memory, or the one specific memory that sticks with you from that project, Aiden?
0: It's probably seeing my friends, um, Lucas and Mia, get that world record. To see them do that was just so special, because I've been with them since the start of my career. I first met them when I pretty much went overseas, so going through that journey and seeing them walk different lines, and even months earlier where... Mia was trying to walk her first one kilometer line, and she's like, "I just want to do this you know eventually I'd love to walk you know the two kilometer line and just being there with her for those moments, but also seeing Lucas walk his first one kilometer line and then walk this as well like it's you just have an emotional connection to to everyone like in these teams, but especially the uh, like the people that you've been along that ride and journey with that you know you almost want it just as much as them like you want them to send probably probably just as much as them it's like you're writing every emotion and you know when they're crying you're crying and when you know they're elated you're just over the moon for them so yeah
1: and is the template of a city coming to yourself and the athletes to to help support them and reinvigorate them has yeah. that become something that's been replicated now in different
0: areas there, you've had it with tourism organisations like we had one for instance last year in Switzerland uh, in Flims where they brought us in for I think it was the 10th or 11th anniversary of the UNESCO heritage site there. So that was amazing that you have a Highline there that's being celebrated um, or celebrating the location and then you're you're encouraging um, the community both like local but also um, tourists to come in and see the location, but see something that they're probably not going to see anytime soon as well. So, Aidan, thanks
1: for sharing your stories on Adventure Shorts. How do people find out more about yourself, your adventures, and some of your great work?
0: Yep, so people can find me at Aidan Williams Photo uh, on Instagram, and they can also look at my website, which is com. Um, So if you have any questions or you just want to touch base and say, hey, then, um, yeah. Excellent, Aidan. Appreciate your time. Anytime.
1: Thank you for listening to Adventure Shorts with Aidan Williams and Jonathan robinson Lee's. Be sure to check out the other episodes on Adventure Shorts. And for more inspiring local stories, check out the Passion and Perspective podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.